You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Let's pray. Spirit, come now and open our ears and our hearts to hear and receive the good news of grace in your Son, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, um, I work in a hospital as a chaplain, and sometimes as a chaplain, um, just because of my role, not because I'm any kind of guru, um, people ask me for advice or what the right thing to do is in their particular circumstance. And while I do believe in a right way and a wrong way, I don't always give quite such a direct answer for them when they come to me with these kinds of questions or seeking advice. Instead, I like to give maybe more questions or ask more uh, directed, guided questions about what's going on for them and even point out like particular realities or facts that are surrounding them in their life um, to help guide them in their circumstance so that they might be enabled to remember those things and make a decision for themselves on what the right thing is to do. And in light of this, I really think that this is kind of what Paul is doing in this letter to Philemon. In verse 8 he writes, Though I am bold enough in Christ to command you what is required, for love's sake I prefer to appeal to you. And this can be kind of frustrating to have this done to us, right? Because we come to somebody looking for a particular answer or for a particular way to go, and what they do is they give us questions or you know more more of a confused uh, kind of direction toward it uh, as we would understand it. And this this could be frustrating, uh, confusing. You walk away with more uh, confusion than you do clarity. Um, sometimes you end up more frustrated because uh, you're actually stuck in the same spot with the same situation not knowing quite sure the direction to go. And Scripture can kind of be like this too, right? Because when you go to Scripture, sometimes you're looking for a particular answer, a particular guidance into what's going on in your life. But Scripture doesn't always work that way for us. It doesn't always give us the everyday answer of uh, what we ought to do, but rather it kind of gives us uh, sometimes more guidance uh, into showing us what the right answer might actually be. But uh, what I think we'll see here uh, this evening is uh, that Paul is appealing to more than what is just right or what is wrong. That Paul appeals to something that kind of transcends and surpasses our kind of earthly mindset or earthly institutional uh, understanding. So uh, with that, uh, what are some things you appeal to in everyday life that inform your own decisions? See that I kind of asked you a question now. <clears throat> for for instance, you, I'll repeat the question. That was, so, what are some things that that appeal to you in your everyday life that help inform your decisions or give you guidance? On the smaller level, sometimes uh, you think about, you know, what am I going to eat? What am I hungry for? What, how am I going to eat it? What am I going to eat it with? Um, other things, you know, how did you come to the point of where you decided where you're going to work? or where you were going to take a season of rest rather than work, or where you're going to go to school, uh, if or when you're going to get married, who you're going to get married to, 
and uh, even uh, decisions on where you go. So, you know, of um, what motivates you to be here this evening? What, what has drawn you to this space, in this church, at this time, in this season of your life? Well, Paul writes to Philemon and requests him to make a choice. He has to choice, make a choice of welcoming back uh, a former slave. And not just to welcome him back as a slave, but, and not necessarily just as a freed slave, but more as a brother, and in particular as a brother in Jesus Christ. Uh, Philemon uh, is one of those books that's very small. It actually probably fits on one page or maybe less of the Bible that you have. And if you're not careful, uh, you'll just flip right past it, um, not, not really even knowing it was there. You may have just found out tonight. In any case, you've read the, almost the entire book of the Bible of Philemon tonight, so you can take that for encouragement. Um, but like in a lot of Paul's letters, there are usually a lot of names. Um, but don't worry, I only want you to think about two particular names tonight. That's Onesimus and Philemon. Onesimus is actually the person who's carrying this letter from Paul to Philemon. And it's kind of an interesting relationship dynamic that we have because uh, Onesimus is actually uh, a slave or was a slave of Philemon. So here he is, he's showing up at the doorstep, a slave of Philemon. But it gets a little bit more interesting in the sense that Onesimus is actually a runaway slave of Philemon. Uh, in some shape or form, in the past, uh, Onesimus has been bound to the duty of the service of his master Philemon, and now he, here he is standing face to face on the doorstep. But Onesimus is not uh, a servant merely bound uh, to Philemon. He, he's possibly also stolen from uh, Philemon, taken some kind of maybe money or at least he's taken time, you know, the service that was supposed to be dedicated to Philemon. Um, and somewhere along this running away, Onesimus has run into the message of the gospel of grace, and he's become a Christian. And also along this way, he's run into Paul, and Paul has found him useful for his own ministry because Paul is actually under house arrest. And so he's been using Onesimus in his new Christian life for the service of the gospel. And now Paul has urged Onesimus back to Philemon, confronting them both, confronting them with uh, an opportunity for humility, an opportunity for reconciliation. So I'm sure you can just imagine the tension or the awkwardness that might be had here, that Onesimus has shown up at the front doorstep of somebody that is, as a slave, that he's ran away from his master. And what could be even uh, added to it is that Paul doesn't even really mention Onesimus until almost halfway through uh, his letter. And Paul's writing really kind of on behalf of Onesimus. Um, not at, kind of like as I mentioned before, not just that Philemon would free uh, Onesimus, but that Philemon would completely kind of change his view and his mindset and his perspective on how he views Onesimus. Uh, if you, just from reading the, the letter, you can kind of see it's almost like a recommendation letter for Onesimus. In verse 10, Paul writes, I appeal to you for my child, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Verse 11, formerly he was useless to you, 
but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. Verse 12, I am sending him back to you, sending my very heart. In verse 13, I would have been glad to keep him. And in verse 16, no longer a slave, but as a beloved brother. Not just to, so the, the idea and the appeal here is not to just free Onesimus, but that Philemon would welcome Onesimus kind of as he would welcome Paul. Actually, that's what Paul's request is. Welcome him as you would actually welcome me. But Paul doesn't necessarily just leave Philemon to make this choice alone by himself. He just, and like we were talking about, he just doesn't give him a what you ought to do. Here's what's right. Do this. Don't do this. Uh, Paul, uh, Philemon isn't just left to his own devices, his own self-examination to determine what an act of love toward Onesimus might look like. Rather, Paul reminds Philemon of the grace and the peace that belong to Philemon. So rather than give a commandment, a law, a do this, a don't do that, Paul approached Philemon with something more. Paul wants to point Philemon in the direction he ought to be looking when considering Onesimus. Look in verse 3. Uh, we see this verse in, in some shape or form in all of Paul's letters. Grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It's uh, kind of like the book of Philemon, that if you're not careful, you'll pass over this verse because it's so common, uh, and it's always yet there, and it's usually at the beginning at the book, and so as you're reading through Paul's letters, you kind of get left behind and even forgotten. But I think this is a very, very important uh, blessing, or what's usually a benediction, uh, especially here to Philemon. Paul reminds Philemon of the grace that has been freely given to him from God the Father through Jesus Christ. That it is not your doing, Philemon, as to the grace that you have received, and it is not your doing uh, at the peace that you now have with God in Jesus Christ. This is what Paul is appealing to for Philemon, uh, showing him the something more. This is the something more to have a guided decision. This is the reality that Paul wants Philemon to call to mind when considering Onesimus and Onesimus's return. So uh, remember, Philemon, that once you were at enmity with God, and you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, Philemon, doing evil deeds, that Christ has now reconciled you in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach. Paul wants Philemon to remember that. He wants him to remember this, as Onesimus is at his doorstep. And Paul doesn't just disregard that Onesimus may owe Philemon. In fact, he writes, If he has wronged you at all, or owes you anything, charge it, to me. So Paul's not just discounting that Philemon may actually have taken something, or, or that Onesimus has actually taken something from Philemon. He says, I will repay it. 
So, Philemon, if you consider me your partner because of the faith we share in Christ, receive Onesimus as you would receive me. As Christ has welcomed you, Philemon, so, I also, wel- so also you welcome uh, your new brother in the faith in the same way. Paul's appeal is for Philemon to remember and to recall that he was also once an enemy, a runaway slave, useless, but now he is God's child, welcomed back by the work of Christ on his behalf. And in, in this letter, you can kind of see a lot of parallel relationships uh, between uh, you know, God, Paul, Onesimus, and Philemon. As Onesimus is Paul's child in the faith, Philemon is also God's child in the faith. As Onesimus was once useless to Philemon, Philemon was once also useless. As Onesimus was once bound to his own will, uh, Philemon was also bound to his own will. Paul is appealing to Philemon uh, and asking him to remember and to recall, I've said that a lot, remember and recall God's mercy on him. And these parallel relationships, these parallel relationships also point to the fact that Philemon is actually not that much different than Onesimus before salvation and now after, right? Before they were both in the same state spiritually and now uh, that they have received grace and mercy, they are both in the same state. They were both slaves, and now they're both brothers in Christ. In um, John's Gospel, he writes a story about a woman who's been caught as guilty in the the midst of adultery. And the Pharisees and the scribes, they show up and bring, uh, uh, bring her before Jesus. And they tell him that according to the law... We're commanded to stone her for her sins. And then, uh, oddly, you know, John records that Jesus bends down and he's writing something on the ground. And then he, he says this statement, Let him who is without sin be the first one to cast the stone. And with that statement, they all, they all drop their stones and they're walking away. And then uh, he asks the woman who was caught in the midst of adultery... Where did everyone go? Did anyone condemn you? She says no. Then the Lord, who is without sin, but has the right to condemn her, says to her, neither do I condemn you. Jesus appeals to himself, kind of like what Paul is doing. Paul appeals to something more for Philemon, and Jesus here also, who is able to condemn, forgives her of her sins. Earlier, I asked um, what you do, uh, or kind of like what you appeal to in your everyday life, um, and as to in regards to how you live. You know, what do you do as a mother? What do you do as a father, son, or a daughter? What do you appeal to as a student, as a coworker, as an employee? Uh, what, what do you do when you realize? What do you appeal to when you realize that you have an actual broken relationship with your husband or your spouse, um, with your, uh, uh, your husband, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your friend, 
what do you do when you realize um, that you've been selfish and self-serving in your own relationships? What is it that you appeal to? For anything in every relationship, I would point you to what Paul points Philemon to in learning how to address these situations. Appealing to something more that transcends, that goes beyond um, learning what the right, the wrong thing is. For every relationship, appeal to Christ, to the grace that is yours in his life, in his death, in his resurrection, for the forgiveness of your sins. Appeal to Christ, who receives you now, by his spirit and blood that bring peace and rest. And I pray that by this good news, for your failings, your selfish uh, ways, your uh, us sinful people may be effective for the full knowledge of every good thing and of every relationship that is in us for the sake of Jesus Christ. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.